0: chapter twenty eight of peveril of the peak by sir walter scott this librivox recording is in the public domain read by dion gines salt lake city utah a man so various that he seemed to be not one but all mankind's epitome stiff in opinions always in the wrong was everything by starts but nothing long who in the course of one revolving moon was chemist fiddler statesman and buffoon Then all for women painting fiddling drinking besides a thousand freaks that died in thinking dryden we must now transport the reader to the magnificent hotel in street inhabited at this time by the celebrated george villiers duke of buckingham whom dryden has doomed to a painful immortality by the few lines which we have prefixed to this chapter amid the gay and licentious of the laughing court of charles the duke was the most licentious and most gay yet while expending a princely fortune a strong constitution and excellent talents in pursuit of frivolous pleasures he nevertheless nourished deeper and more extensive designs in which he only failed from want of that fixed purpose and regulated perseverance essential to all important enterprises but particularly in politics it was long past noon and the usual hour of the duke's levy if anything could be termed usual where all was irregular had been long past his hall was filled with lackeys and footmen in the most splendid liveries the interior apartments with the gentlemen and pages of his household arrayed as persons of the first quality and in that respect rather exceeding than falling short of the duke in personal splendour but his antechamber in particular might be compared to a gathering of eagles to the slaughter were not the simile too dignified to express that vile race who by a hundred devices all tending to one common end live upon the wants of needy greatness or administer to the pleasures of summer teeming luxury or stimulate the wild wishes of lavish and wasteful extravagance by devising new modes and fresh motives of profusion there stood the projector with his mysterious brow promising unbounded wealth to whomsoever might choose to furnish the small preliminary sum necessary to change eggshells into the great arcanum there was captain undertaker for a foreign settlement with the map under his arm of indian or american kingdoms beautiful as the primitive eden waiting the bold occupants for whom a generous patron should equip two brigantines and a flyboat. thither came fast and frequent the gamesters in their different forms and calling this light young gay in appearance the thoughtless youth of wit and pleasure the pigeon rather than the rook but at heart the same sly shrewd cold-blooded calculator as yonder old hard-featured professor of the same science whose eyes are grown dim with watching of the dice at midnight and whose fingers are even now assisting his mental computation of chances and of odds the fine arts too i would it were otherwise have their professors amongst this sordid train the poor poet half ashamed in spite of habit of the part which he is about to perform and abashed by consciousness at once of his base motive and his shabby black coat lurks in yonder corner for the favorable moment to offer his dedication much better attired the architect presents his splendid vision of front and wings and designs a palace the expense of which may transfer his employer to a jail but uppermost of all the favourite musician or singer who waits on my lord to receive in solid gold the value of the dulcet sounds which solaced the banquet of the preceding evening such and many such-like were the morning attendants of the duke of buckingham all genuine descendants of the daughter of the horse-leech whose cry is give give but the levy of his grace contained other and very different characters and was indeed as various as his own opinions and pursuits besides many of the young nobility and wealthy gentry of england who made his grace the glass at which they dressed themselves for the day and who learned from him how to travel with the newest and best grace the general road to ruin there were others of a graver character discarded statesmen political spies opposition orators servile tools of administration men who met not elsewhere but who regarded the duke's mansion as a sort of neutral ground sure that if he was not of their opinion to-day this very circumstance rendered it most likely he should think with them to-morrow the puritans themselves did not shun intercourse with a man whose talents must have rendered him formidable even if they had not been united with high rank and an immense fortune several grave personages with black suits short cloaks and bandstrings of a formal cut were mingled as we see their portraits in a gallery of paintings among the gallants who ruffled in silk and embroidery it is true they escaped the scandal of being thought intimates of the duke by their business being supposed to refer to money matters whether these grave and professing citizens mixed politics with money-lending was not known but it had been long observed that the jews who in general confined themselves to the latter department had become for some time faithful attendants at the duke's levee it was high tide in the antechamber and had been so for more than an hour ere the duke's gentleman in ordinary ventured into his bedchamber carefully darkened so as to make midnight at noonday to know his grace's pleasure his soft and serene whisper in which he asked whether it were his grace's pleasure to rise was briefly and sharply answered by the counter questions who waits what's o'clock it is jerningham your grace said the attendant it is one afternoon and your grace appointed some of the people without at eleven who are they what do they want a message from whitehall your grace pshaw it will keep cold those who make all others wait will be the better of waiting in their turn were i to be guilty of ill-breeding it should rather be to a king than a beggar the gentlemen from the city i am tired of them tired of their all cant and no religion all protestantism and no charity tell them to go to shaftesbury to aldersgate street with them that's the best market for their wares jockey my lord from newmarket let him ride to the devil he has horses of mine and spurs of his own any more the whole antechamber is full my lord knights and squires doctors and dicers the dicers with their doctors In their pockets i presume counts captains and clergymen you are alliterative jerningham said the duke and that is a proof you are poetical hand me my writing things getting half out of bed thrusting one arm into a brocade nightgown deeply furred with sables and one foot into a velvet slipper while the other pressed in primitive nudity the rich carpet his grace without thinking farther on the assembly without began to pen a few lines of a satirical poem then suddenly stopped threw the pen into the chimney exclaimed that the humor was past and asked his attendant if there were any letters jerningham produced a huge packet what the devil said his grace do you think i will read all these i am like clarence who asked a cup of wine and was soused into a butt of sack i mean is there anything which presses this letter your grace said jerningham concerning the yorkshire mortgage did i not bid thee carry it to old Gatherell, my steward i did my lord answered the other but Gatherell says there are difficulties let the usurers foreclose then there is no difficulty in that and out of a hundred manners i shall scarce miss one answered the duke and hark ye bring me my chocolate nay my lord Gatherell does not say it is impossible only difficult and what is the use of him if he cannot make it easy but you are all born to make difficulties replied the duke nay if your grace approves the terms in this schedule and pleases to sign it gathrell will undertake for the matter answered jerningham and could you not have said so at first you blockhead said the duke signing the paper without looking at the contents what other letters and remember i must be plagued with no more business billets do my lord five or six of them this left at the porter's lodge by a vizard mask pshaw answered the duke tossing them over while his attendant assisted in dressing him an acquaintance of a quarter standing this given to one of the pages by my lady waiting-woman plague on it a jeremiad on the subject of perjury and treachery and not a single new line to the old tune said the duke glancing over the billet here is the old cant cruel man broken vows heaven's just revenge why the woman is thinking of murder not of love no one should pretend to write upon so threadbare a topic without having at least some novelty of expression the despairing araminta lie there fair desperate and this how comes it flung into the window of the hall by a fellow who ran off at full speed answered jerningham this is a better text said the duke and yet it is an old one too three weeks old at least the little countess with the jealous lord i should not care a farthing for her save for that same jealous lord plague on it and he's gone down to the country this evening in silence and safety written with a quill pulled from the wing of cupid your ladyship has left him penfeathers enough to fly away with better clipped his wings when you had caught him my lady and so confident of her buckingham's faith i hate confidence in a young person she must be taught better i will not go your grace will not be so cruel said jerningham thou art a compassionate fellow jerningham but conceit must be punished but if your lordship should resume your fancy for her why then you must swear the billet do miscarried answered the duke and stay a thought strikes me it shall miscarry in great style hark ye is what is the fellow's name the poet is he yonder there are six gentlemen sir who from the reams of paper in their pocket and the threadbare seams at their elbows appear to wear the livery of the muses poetical once more jerningham he i mean who wrote the last lampoon said the duke to whom your grace said you owed five pieces and a beating replied jerningham the money for his satire and the cudgel for his praise, good. Find him, give him the five pieces, and thrust the countess's billet due. Hold, take Araminta's and the rest of them. Thrust them all into his portfolio. All will come out at the wits coffee house. And if the promulgator be not cudgelled into all the colours of the rainbow, there is no spite in woman, no faith in Crabtree or pith in heart of oak araminta's wrath alone would overburden one pair of mortal shoulders but my lord duke said his attendant this settle is so dull a rascal that nothing he can write will take then as we have given him steel to head the arrow said the duke we will give him wings to waft it with would he has enough of his own to make a shaft or bolt of hand me my own unfinished lampoon give it to him with the letters let him make what he can of them all my lord duke i crave pardon but your grace's style will be discovered and though the ladies names are not at the letters yet they will be traced i would have it so you blockhead have you lived with me so long and cannot discover that the eclat of an intrigue is with me worth all the rest of it but the danger my lord duke replied jerningham there are husbands brothers friends whose revenge may be awakened and beaten to sleep again said buckingham haughtily i have black will and his cudgel for plebeian grumblers and those of quality i can deal with myself i lack breathing and exercise of late but yet your grace hold your peace fool i tell you that your poor dwarfish spirit cannot measure the scope of mine i tell thee i would have the course of my life a torrent i am weary of easy achievements and wish for obstacles that i can sweep before my irresistible course another gentleman now entered the apartment i humbly crave your grace's pardon he said but master christian is so importunate for admission instantly that i am obliged to take your grace's pleasure tell him to call three hours hence damn his political pate that would make all men dance after his pipe i thank thee for the compliment my lord duke said christian entering the apartment in somewhat a more courtly garb but with the same unpretending and undistinguished mien and in the same placid and indifferent manner with which he had accosted julian peveril upon several occasions during his journey to london it is precisely my present object to pipe to you and you may dance to your own profit if you will on my word master christian said the duke haughtily the affair should be weighty that removes ceremony so entirely from betwixt us if it relates to the subject of our last conversation i must request our interview be postponed to some farther opportunity i am engaged in an affair of some weight then turning his back on christian he went on with his conversation with jerningham find the person you wot of and give him the papers and hark ye give him this gold to pay for the shaft of his arrow the steel head and peacock's wing we have already provided this is all well my lord said christian calmly and taking his seat at the same time in an easy-chair at some distance but your grace's levity is no match for my equanimity it is necessary i should speak with you and i will await your grace's leisure in the apartment very well sir said the duke peevishly if an evil is to be undergone the sooner it is over the better i can take measures to prevent its being renewed so let me hear your errand without farther delay i will wait till your grace's toilet is completed said christian with the indifferent tone which was natural to him what i have to say must be between ourselves begone jerningham and remain without till i call leave my doublet on the couch how now i have worn this cloth of silver a hundred times only twice if it please your grace replied jerningham as well twenty times keep it for yourself or give it to my valet if you are too proud of your gentility your grace has made better men than me wear your cast clothes said jerningham submissively thou art sharp jerningham said the duke in one sense i have and i may again so now that pearl-coloured will do with the ribbon and george get away with thee and now that he is gone master christian may i once more crave your pleasure my lord duke said christian you are a worshipper of difficulties in state affairs as in love matters i trust you have been no eavesdropper master christian replied the duke it scarce argues the respect due to me or to my roof i know not what you mean my lord replied christian nay i care not if the whole world heard what i said but now to jerningham but to the matter replied the duke of buckingham your grace is so much occupied with conquests over the fair and over the witty that you have perhaps forgotten what a stake you have in the little island of man not a whit master christian i remember well enough that my round-headed father-in-law fairfax had the island from the long parliament and was ass enough to quit hold of it at the restoration when if he had closed his clutches and held fast like a true bird of prey as he should have done he might have kept it for him and his it had been a rare thing to have had a little kingdom made laws of my own had my chamberlain with his white staff i would have taught jerningham in half a day to look as wise walk as stiffly and speak as silly as harry bennet you might have done this and more if it had pleased your grace ay and if it had pleased my grace thou ned christian shouldst have been the jack-catch of my dominions i your jack-catch my lord said christian more in a tone of surprise than of displeasure why i thou hast been perpetually intriguing against the life of yonder poor old woman it were a kingdom to thee to gratify thy spleen with thy own hands i only seek justice against the countess said christian and the end of justice is always a gibbet said the duke be it so answered christian well the countess is in the plot the devil confound the plot as i believe he first invented it said the duke of buckingham i have heard of nothing else for months if one must go to hell i would it were by some new road and in gentlemen's company i should not like to travel with Oates, bedloe and the rest of that famous cloud of witnesses your grace is then resolved to forego all the advantages which may arise if the house of derby fall under forfeiture the grant to fairfax now worthily represented by your duchess revives and you become the lord and sovereign of man in right of a woman said the duke but in troth my godly dame owes me some advantage for having lived the first year of our marriage with her and old black tom her grim fighting puritanic father a man might as well have married the devil's daughter and set up housekeeping with his father-in-law i understand you are willing then to join your interest for a heave at the house of derby my lord duke as they are unlawfully possessed of my wife's kingdom they certainly can expect no favour at my hand but thou knowest there is an interest at whitehall predominant over mine that is only by your grace's sufferance said christian no no i tell thee a hundred times no said the duke rousing himself to anger at the recollection i tell thee that base courtesan the duchess of portsmouth hath impudently set herself to thwart and contradict me and charles has given me both cloudy looks and hard words before the court i would he could but guess what is the offence between her and me i would he knew but that but i will have her plumes picked or my name is not villiers a worthless french fill de joy to brave me thus christian thou art right there is no passion so spirit-stirring as revenge i will patronize the plot if it be but to spite her and make it impossible for the king to uphold her as the duke spoke He gradually wrought himself into a passion and traversed the apartment with as much vehemence as if the only object he had on earth was to deprive the duchess of her power and favor with the king christian smiled internally to see him approach the state of mind in which he was most easily worked upon and judiciously kept silence until the duke called out to him in a pet well sir oracle you that have laid so many schemes to supplant this she-wolf of gaul where are all your contrivances now where is the exquisite beauty who was to catch the sovereign's eye at the first glance chiffinch hath he seen her and what does he say that exquisite critic in beauty and blanc-mange women and wine he has seen and approves but has not yet heard her and her speech answers to all the rest we came here yesterday and to-day i intend to introduce chiffinch to her the instant he arrives from the country and i expect him every hour i am but afraid of the damsel's peevish virtue for she hath been brought up after the fashion of our grandmothers our mothers had better sense what so fair so young so quick-witted and so difficult said the duke by your leave you shall introduce me as well as Chiffinch, that your grace may cure her of her intractable modesty said christian why replied the duke it will but teach her to stand in her own light kings do not love to court and sue they should have their game run down for them under your grace's favor said christian this cannot be non omnibus dormio your grace knows the classic allusion if this maiden become a prince's favorite rank gilds the shame and the sin but to any under majesty she must not veil topsail why thou suspicious fool i was but in jest said the duke do you think i would interfere to spoil a plan so much to my own advantage as that which you have laid before me christian smiled and shook his head my lord he said i know your grace as well or better perhaps than you know yourself to spoil a well concerted intrigue by some cross-stroke of your own would give you more pleasure than to bring it to a successful termination according to the plans of others. But Shaftesbury, and all concerned, have determined that our scheme shall at least have fair play. We reckon, therefore, on your help, and, forgive me when I say so, we will not permit ourselves to be impeded by your levity and fickleness of purpose. "'Who?' "'I, light and fickle of purpose,' said the Duke, "'you see me here as resolved as any of you "'to dispossess the mistress and to carry on the plot. "'These are the only two things I live for in this world. "'No one can play the man of business like me, when I please. "'To the very filing and labeling of my letters, "'I am regular as a scrivener you have chiffinch's letter from the country he told me he had written to you about some passages betwixt him and the young lord seville he did so he did so said the duke looking amongst his letters but i see not his letter just now i scarcely noted the contents i was busy when it came but i have it safely you should have acted on it answered christian the fool suffered himself to be choused out of his secret and prayed you to see that my lord's messenger got not to the duchess with some despatches which he sent up from derbyshire betraying our mystery the duke was now alarmed and rang the bell hastily jerningham appeared where is the letter i had from master chiffinch some hours since if it be not amongst those your grace has before you i know nothing of it said jerningham i saw none such arrive you lie you rascal said buckingham have you a right to remember better than i do if your grace will forgive me reminding you you have scarce opened a letter this week said his gentleman did you ever hear such a provoking rascal said the duke he might be a witness in the plot he has knocked my character for regularity entirely on the head with his damned counter evidence your grace's talent and capacity will at least remain unimpeached said christian and it is those that must serve yourself and your friends if i might advise you will hasten to court and lay some foundation for the impression we wish to make if your grace can take the first word and throw out a hint to crossbite seville it will be well but above all keep the king's ear employed which no one can do so well as you leave chiffinch to fill his heart with a proper object another thing is there is a blockhead of an old cavalier who must needs be a bustler in the countess of derby's behalf he is fast in hold with the whole tribe of witnesses at his haunches nay then take him topham topham has taken him already my lord said christian and there is besides a young gallant, a son of the said knight who was bred in the household of the countess of derby and who has brought letters from her to the provincial of the jesuits and others in london what are their names said the duke dryly sir geoffrey peveril of martindale castle in derbyshire and his son julian what peveril of the peak said the duke a stout old cavalier as ever swore an oath a worcester man too and in truth a man of all work when blows were going i will not consent to his ruin christian these fellows must be flogged of such false sense flogged in every sense they must and will be when the nation comes to its eyesight again it is of more than the last importance in the meantime to the furtherance of our plan said christian that your grace should stand for a space between them and the king's favor the youth hath influence with the maiden which we should find scarce favorable to our views besides her father holds him as high as he can any one who is no such puritanic fool as himself well most christian christian said the duke i have heard your commands at length i will endeavour to stop the earths under the throne that neither the lord knight nor squire in question shall find it possible to burrow there for the fair one i must leave chiffinch and you to manage her introduction to her high destinies since i am not to be trusted adieu most christian christian he fixed his eyes on him and then exclaimed as he shut the door of the apartment most profligate and damnable villain and what provokes me most of all is the knave's composed insolence your grace will do this and your grace will condescend to do that a pretty puppet i should be to play the second part or rather the third in such a scheme no they shall all walk according to my purpose or i will cross them i will find this girl out in spite of them and judge if their scheme is likely to be successful if so she shall be mine mine entirely before she becomes the king's and i will command her who is to guide charles Turningham, his gentleman entered cause christian to be dogged wherever he goes for the next four-and-twenty hours and find out where he visits a female newly come to town you smile you knave i did but suspect a fresh rival to araminta and the little countess said jerningham away to your business knave said the duke let me think of mine to subdue a puritan in essy a king's favourite in posse the very muster of western beauties that is point first the impudence of this manx mongrel to be corrected the pride of madame la duchesse to be pulled down and important state intrigue to be farthered or baffled as circumstances render most to my own honour and glory i wished for business but now and I have got enough of it, but Buckingham will keep his own steerage-way through shoal and through weather. End of chapter 28